0: Our opening text is going to be Isaiah 54, verse 5. Isaiah 54 has been just a prophetic chapter of the Bible for Jen and I since we planted this church. About a year before we moved to Jackson, the Lord led us to Isaiah 54 as like a theme for our church. We didn't know it at the time, but it was speaking to us about coming here. It like spoke to us, and we know that it's it's a prophetic, uh, it's a prophecy from Isaiah about the future of Jerusalem But we also read it about as a way, as a future for Jackson. And it speaks to us both personally, and there's just profound things all through Isaiah chapter 54 that have just been ministering to me through the years. So today I want to talk about the heart of a redeemer, how how much we are loved from our God who is a redeemer. And Isaiah 54, verse 5 says, For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. God doesn't tell us that he's only our creator in this verse. He says he's the creator. And not only that, because husband represents provision. Husbands represent marriage. It represents intimacy. It represents conversation. It represents doing. He says, I've not only created you. I'm not only your maker, but I'm your husband. I'm here for you. I'm, I'm to provide for you. I'm to protect you. And he says, the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. And today I want to talk about the redeeming love of our God, the redeeming love of our Father. Redeemer, I think in our culture, has lost the power of its word. In the Western culture, when we hear redeemed, or we we tend to think redemption, there's been some... um, some poetic justice. It's been, there's been something that's been redeemed. It's been redemptive. There's been some justice. There's been some reversal of injustice. That's how we think of redemption. And that's certainly true of the word, but it's much, much fuller than that in ancient times. A redeemer in ancient times, Leviticus 25 gives us all kinds of um, laws about what they call the kinsman redeemer. In ancient times, if you had lost something, let's say you, you you came into hard times, you had to sell your property. You would sell your property, and you would lose it because you had to sell it. And But a kinsman redeemer, the law was you could, they couldn't own it. They couldn't get a deed for it. They could lease it, but you could have a relative, a kinsman, come along and say, I will purchase that back for my relative. So your relative would probably be more financially well-off than you, actually would have to have mercy towards you. I mean, he's going to you know, give up his resources for you. This is, this is what the heart of the Redeemer. Uh, it literally means to buy back or to reclaim something. It means to release a release of people, animals, property from bondage through, through the payment of a price. Kind of it's not the best way, but that one of the only ways I, I could think about how to describe this in our time so we would get it, like what a redeemer did in ancient times, would be if you had to be bailed out from jail, you had no money. Let, let's actually say you're guilty even. You're in bondage, it looks like you're gonna spend your life in prison. And the judge, in this case, it would the judge would be the redeemer and the one who would bail you out. So he would say, I am going to pay the price for his penalty, and even release him of of time in prison, he's been redeemed. Words that go along with redemption is words like salvation, to be saved, to be rescued, to be delivered, to be ransomed. And another way to think of being redeemed is if you were kidnapped. And it was not like a kidnap situation in ancient times, but it's the only way that I know how to get our heads wrapped around what the word meant. If someone was kidnapped and then they call your family and say you can have them back for a million dollars, there's a ransom on your head. And if they pay that, you've been redeemed. And when there's a ransom on your head or when you're in jail and you need bail, you can't save yourself. You can't get yourself out of the situation. Someone else is going to have to come in and buy you back and pay for the cost of what it's gonna to get to bring you back. I have a friend, his name's Johnny Varican, he's a missionary in Mexico, he's actually from Michigan, but he lives in Mexico. And Johnny told me this story about he lives in a very violent area of Mexico. He said every week several people die over bad drug deals and things like the the, the drug lords are running his city. But he's there. So kidnappings are very common in his city. And he said his worship leader got kidnapped by yeah I don't know the cartel or I don't know if it's a cartel but it's bad people if you kidnap somebody you're not, you're not, you're not healthy uh, but so they contacted Johnny so we got your worship leader and you're going to have to and Johnny had to come up with the money to ransom his he his worship leader was redeemed this is the sense of the word in our times we think redeem means some type of justice has happened redemption i've been redeemed like they did this to me and i got them back it was redemption we tend to think of it in terms of justice but in ancient times it wasn't about justice it was about you're in a position and you can't help yourself and you need a relative you need a friend you need someone who's going to be merciful someone who loves you and they're wealthy enough to rescue you from your situation. And the situation in ancient times wasn't about being kidnapped or because you'd done something wrong. It's because you fell on hard times. So you sold your property, you sold your animals, or you sold yourself into slavery. Yeah, you know, slavery, not like slavery in America. It wasn't like that. It was more like maybe we would call like a contract. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do this for you, and we're gonna sign a contract, I'm gonna work for you for this many years. So they would sell themselves, but they would lose their property, and you couldn't do anything to get yourself out of that unless you had a kinsman redeemer. Here, God says, I'm not only your creator, I'm like a husband. In other words, there's a relationship here. And not only am I your husband, but I'm a redeemer. So if there's some brokenness, something where you need to be redeemed or ransomed in life, I can do this for you. So the heart of a redeemer is is, it's more than three but the three i want to focus on today what does a redeemer do for us number one he rescues you from bondage and you might not even some of us we might not even know we need to be rescued like i don't i'm good i don't i don't need anything and i figured it all out maybe you you have but you might need to be rescued some of us, we know, oh, yeah, I, I have an issue in my life. I, I, some of us, we, we feel broken on the inside. We, we, we're bound up by lies. We're bound up by addiction. We're bound up by pride. We're bound up by our success, and we can never get enough of it. We're like, it drives us, and we're in slavery, and the, the Redeemer releases us from this. Exodus 6, God says to the Israel who had been in slavery for 400 years, And verse five says, therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression, and I will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people. I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. We know that there's a, it was physical for them, but there was oppression, so it was spiritual too. And the same for us. We have a spiritual Egypt. And there's some form of freedom that we all need because none of us are fully healed yet. Unless you enter into eternity with God, you're not fully healed yet. And we all need to keep encountering new levels of freedom. Every week, I feel like the Lord deals with my heart and and brings me to some level of freedom, some level of life. He frees us. Number two, the heart of a redeemer restores what was lost. So not only does he get you out of your situation, the ancient redeemers, the kinsmen, the relative would say, I'm going to buy your property back and you get it you get back what you didn't have you get back what you lost a redeemer and the heart of the father is to bring back what we've lost in our life he makes something good out of something evil he brings light out of darkness he restores hope in the midst of despair he gives success when we failed like this is what the heart of our father does for us cuz he's a redeemer Redeemer, he has ransomed you. Leviticus twenty-five, which is the the like a a book of laws in the Old Testament, and chapter twenty-five talks about the what the kinsman redeemer, the relative who will redeem you, what his responsibilities were. He says, if one of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sells some of their property, the nearest relative, that's the kinsman redeemer, is to come and redeem what they have. Sold what you've lost. Some of us we've lost our reputation. Some of us we've lost our innocence. Some of us we've lost our purity of heart. Some of us we we can't even dream anymore, and we've lost how to dream, and we don't have desires anymore, and now it's just this mundane life. We we've lost our identity. and And God wants to give you this back. He wants to one rescue you, and he wants to restore what you've lost. And not only does he want to rescue you from slavery or bondage or restore what you've lost, he's also going to renew your heart. He's going to renew your life. says so the heart, if, if you're in the position, you've sold your property, you've lost things, and someone comes along and says, I'll buy it all back for you. Now your life is going to be made new again. You would have deep appreciation. It would feel like there's this newness of life that has come upon you. Psalms 103, David tells us this. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. See, you can see it. We see it in Isaiah. He says, I'm, a, I'm a, like a husband. Here, David tells us he, it's love, it's compassion mixed in with this redemption. It's not like, oh, i got to redeem you because you're so bad. You're so bad and you're so broken. I, got, I guess i got to do this. No, no. You're so loved. I'm so compassionate. I love you so much. I'm, I'm going to do this for you. It's the heart of the Redeemer. Redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with love and compassion. Listen, you're more loved than you think. You are deeply loved. God is more compassionate towards you than you will ever know. You have a re- it's such a deep, redeeming love. And it's a love that pursues us. It's a love that crowns us, surrounds us with him. And he tells us why. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed. The Redeemer rescues us from bondage, restores what was lost, and renews our life. Say this with me. My Redeemer. Rescues me from slavery. Restores what was lost. Renews my life. Say this again. My Redeemer rescues me from bondage. There it is. Oh, you're putting them up for us. Awesome. Restores what was lost and renews my life. You are redeemed. If you've given your life to Jesus cuz you have to want it, it your life is redeemed and when you give your life to Jesus he's going to pull you out of your bondage he's going to restore what was lost and and he's going to renew your life and it's here David tells us it's through our desires Sometimes our bondage, our depression, our oppression, the negative events in our life, they rob us, and we can't even dream anymore. God says, No, I love you so much. I'm gonna redeem you and give you dreams back. You're gonna dream again, and they're going to happen. And it's gonna renew your youth. Now, what's interesting, that, that's always renew your youth like the eagles. I was like, how does an eagle get his life renewed? Um, I want to die old, young. I want to be a young man at heart when I die. I battle for that, actually. Because I, I think I'm a person who's like, has an old soul anyway. Like, I like old cars. I like old music. I like re- retro clothes. I, I just like old things. I like old clocks. um, Old, it's just everything old. I want it. Uh, old campers. I don't want a new one. Give me an old one. Give me a junky one. Like, the, but, I, but I battle to keep a young heart. Yesterday we were at, my nephew's graduation, and we were walking out as we were leaving, we were walking out with an older couple, probably in their 70s or 80s. Her name is um Ralph and Susie. And so we're walking out with Ralph and Susie, and Susie has a brand new bug car, a Volkswagen bug. It's one of the newer ones, and it was orange. It was like, you know, like a, a neon orange. And Susie she said, I never thought she's a Christian. She said, I never thought I'd have a car like this. And then she like does this little dance in the parking lot and, you know, Jen's like high-fiving her. Listen, that's what I want to be when I'm in my 80s. This, and you can see the love of Jesus on them. We were sitting and talking with Ralph during the uh, graduation party. He called me over and I worked with Ralph for seven years at Eaton Corporation. And, uh, and I don't think he'd care if I share this, and he was always, always a kind guy, great worker, hardworking man, but Ralph was this, uh, not a believer yet, and when when I was told 10 some years ago that Ralph became a believer, my jaw hit the ground because he was like a sailor with his language. Like, I can't even say M. Effort is better than what he would say. Like, I can't even say it. But it, it, so just follow him out. And so when Ralph got saved, I was like, what? So I'm sitting and talking with Ralph, and now it's like this whole other man. Like, you see this, there's this gentleness. There's this softness. There's like, when I sit around, like, are you even the same guy that I worked with for seven years? Which you couldn't finish a sentence without Dropping some bomb and more colorful language. And now it's like he's been renewed. He got set free from a way of thinking. The bondage of his old life. God has restored his life in many ways. Given his wife the desires of her heart. She's dancing in the parking lot. He's a whole. God will do this. He will Rescue you from your slavery, from your bondage. He will restore what was lost in your life, and he's gonna, you're going to become new again. Now it takes time, but you're going to be new again. So that, that's what the Redeemer does. It's a deep word for our culture. So I want to unpack what we do as the redeemed. Like, if he is the Redeemer, then I want to talk about how God goes at great lengths to rescue us. And Hosea, is, I think, is the perfect book to tell us the length, the depth, the persistence that God will go to save us. If you don't know much about Hosea, he's one of the minor prophets. He was a prophet to the nation of Israel. Israel was a rebellious land, uh, not serving the Lord, worshiping idols, serving other gods, pagan to all get out. And God goes to Hosea, and he he says to Hosea, and this is real. This is a real story. This isn't just like a made-up story. He tells Hosea, I want you to marry a prostitute as a living example between me and my people Israel. I am the husband. Israel is the wife. But Hosea, I want you to. So he does. He marries a prostitute. Her name's Gomer. They have a few children together, and she keeps leaving him, going back into prostitution. And God says, go pursue her. Go pursue her. So it's this constant game. And can you imagine the heartbreak for Hosea? Can you imagine, like, when the Lord tells you this, like, don't go get the peer girl. Go, you know, what's that Travis Trent song, I Like Girls? A little bit on the trashy side. This is what the Lord says. I want you to go get a real trashy one, Hosea. So, yeah, someone's singing it. I like women just a little on the trashy side. Hosea, go get you a trashy one. So Hosea 3, I want to read just the first five verses because it tells us the, our posture. Verse 1, then the Lord said to me, Go love your wife again. She's ran off. She's back into the, whether it was a temple of prostitution or, you know, she had to be bought from it. So she, she's essentially sold herself to prostitution. It's the same like today. You're brainwashed. You think you're stuck there. And he says, he said, go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. So God is using a literal adulterous affair for us to see the spiritual the spiritual side of our lives. We may not have committed a physical act of adultery, but there's spiritual adultery and it grieves God's heart the same way adultery is. But here's what I want you to connect is when... Hosea shows up. She's stuck. God says, I want you to keep loving her. Go to her. Redemption comes when we least expect it and when we least deserve it. He says, I know she's back into prostitution and she's sleeping with other men and she's sleeping around. Go back to her and love her. Let me just pause here and say, this even speaks to us even as on a natural level. You may be in the situation in your marriage right now you You may be like Hosea, you're the one whose heart's broken because you've been grieved against for adultery, or maybe you're on the other side of it, and you're feeling shame because you've been in the act of adultery. you're still loved. well, you don't know. I snapped at my kids this week, Mike, yeah, you're still loved, you know what i got i got irritated with my parents, they bother me you. You're still loved. You don't understand the situation going on at work or I've lied on my taxes or, you know, I'm withholding something from you are still loved. Listen, God wants to bring you out of that. He, I'm not saying you get to stay in it, but you're still loved. And a redeeming love comes when you least expect it. When you're at the bottom of your life, God shows up in his mercy because a redeemer is merciful he comes to us. Let me get you out of this. Well, I don't deserve it. I'm. Can you imagine what Gomer's feeling? She can't rescue herself, and she doesn't expect it. And he shows up. Verse two. So he does it. So I bought her back. He redeemed her. I bought her back. And if I'm Hosea, like when I read this, I'm like that, that would take a lot of courage. Because he'd have to forgive, obviously. I don't want, she's broke my heart, Lord. Yep, I need you to love her because I still love. In spite of spiritual prostitution, I still love. So I bought her back for 15 pieces of silver and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. Number two, you can only receive redemption as an act of love and kindness. Gomer is stuck in it. That's why she had to be bought. She is maybe contracted into idolatry or prostitution. He shows up. It's an act of love. She can only, she can only say yes. She can't say, oh, I got the money. Let me, let me give this. Let me, I can buy my. She can only say, I want to go back to my husband, Hosea, because he's bought me back. When you are redeemed, there's nothing you can do to earn it. We can't behave good. Some people we 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 won't come back to church until we've kind of figured it all out or get our no, you come to church when you're a mess. You come, you don't get clean and then come to church. You come in your brokenness, you come in your weariness, you come in your depression, you come in your you come from right where you are, so you can actually receive love. There's nothing you can do to ever earn God's love. That's why Paul tells us in Ephesians. It is not by works that we are saved, lest we boast. It is by the grace of God. You cannot earn it. You can only receive it. One of the things we do on our Bloom events and our Men's Awakens events, somewhere in the beginning of the event, we'll say something like this. We'll tell men, And men, when we hear redeeming love and the husband and the intimacy, we like roll our eyes because like that's not who we are. We're not romantic. We're mechanics, not romantics. Uh, So what we tell men, hey, what if there's a place that's so safe you can share the very worst about you and we're still going to love you in spite of your brokenness? And the first day, you know, guys are guys, and it's like, whatever. Like It sounds like some sloppy thing I don't want to be a part of until it comes true. And then you see the walls come down, and you start seeing, like, this life come on them because all you can do is just receive from the Lord. There's nothing you can do. When Jen had her accident. Back last fall, she hurt all three limbs. couldn't walk for about eight weeks. So I had to do everything for her. So to get her out of the house, we, we don't have a level house. We live in a farmhouse. There's steps. So I would have to, I'd put my leg on one step and then my leg on the other, and she would sit on my lap, and I'd swing her over. Then I'd go to the next step, and we'd do it again. I'd joke with her. I'm like, I never. I, is this what a lap dance is? And she's, she's, she slaps me. You know, I was like, took this long to get one of these? So now you're... But I, my, that's not my point. It's not my point. I, it was All she could do was receive help. She couldn't walk on her own. All she could do was just receive. Listen, we are the broken person. We are the one... Prostituting ourselves. When, when we seek other people's approval, we're prostituting ourselves because we only need his. When we're trying to get identity and our accomplishments, or or even create our own identity by the way that we feel, we're prostituting our hearts against God. And he's, he shows up, and says, Let me get you out of this. And he's coming in the midst of the prostitution. He's coming in the midst of our brokenness, right where we are. And then he's, and then I can't do, I can't fix this. I I remember I gave my life to the Lord at 10, at 18, from about 14 14 to like 18 years old, lived wild. And when I was, it was December 1992, and it was after a bad night of partying, And I'm sitting, I'm puking, I'm throwing up, and I just have this thought, I don't want to live this way. That thought brought the Lord into the room with me. And I said to him, I can't fix myself. I can't get out of this atmosphere of partying. I can't get out of the sexual immorality. I can't get out of any of this. And I felt loved. I felt loved. In my broken. He showed up when I didn't expect it or deserve it. And all I could do was just receive the love. Which leads to the next part. So watch, so she says yes, verse three. Then I said to her, You must you must live in my house for many days. In other words, there's gonna be a healing process now going to take some time many days and stop your prostitution during this time the time of healing the time of redemption you will not have sexual relations with anyone not even with me but afterward after the time of healing and after the redemption the people will return and devote themselves to the Lord number three redemption deepens our walk with God this is what he's saying. He's saying, remember, this is a prophetic example, a living example of what's going on between God and his people. I'm going to show up when you don't deserve it. And you can only receive this love. And now that you've received it, for many days, I'm going to be healing you. And after that, you're going to pursue me. The Lord showed up, and my brokenness heals me. And when I can't do anything, and then... The drinking stopped immediately. The sexual immorality took a few months, but the Lord set me free from that. When you let the Redeemer come and you say yes, even in your brokenness, what begins to happen is you get healed. You get new. How do we encounter this redeeming love? Number one, you got to want it and say yes to it. Gomer could have told Hosea, go back home, Hosea. I'm staying here in the whorehouse. I'm staying here in the house of the rising sun. She said yes and accepted. Not because she deserved it. Well, Pastor Mike, I don't know if I'm not ready. That's fine. But how long are you going to stay in that whorehouse? How long are you going to spiritually prostitute yourself? And every time you don't get better, you feel more shame. The whole reason he shows up in the midst of our brokenness is to pull us out of the shame and then give you a new name and give you a new life. And after many days, you're going to be a different person, but you must want it. God is merciful. He is loving. His, his love is fierce. He's not demanding you. He's calling you and inviting you. Number two, We have to repent and return to him. Hosea tells Gomer, listen. Stop the process. Spend time with me. God's not mad. He loves you. Isaiah 59, the Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who repent of their sins. This is a word we don't use in church hardly anymore. Repentance is where we recognize I am broken and I need to be different. I need to be saved I want God forgive me. I want to be healed. I want to be saved. We must repent. And then after we repent, we live a life worthy of his love, not to earn God's love, because you are loved. 1 Corinthians 6:19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? God lives in you. He loves you. Who is in you? Who have you received from God, you're not your own. You were bought. You're redeemed. You've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. You've been bought from God. The most valuable thing in all of creation, in all of the universe, is God Himself. And he goes to the cross and he sheds blood. You've been purchased. By the most precious thing in the entire universe of all the galaxies, you've been bought. Therefore, honor God. Not because you're earning love, you've already been purchased, but because you're loved, you honor God. When you give your life to Jesus, it shifts your heart, it changes your reality. And I'm not doing this to earn God's love, I'm doing it because I am loved. I lost the appetite for sexual immorality. I lost the appetite for partying. I lost the appetite for dabbling in drugs. I just lost it because I was purchased. You've been bought. You've been redeemed. You're deeply loved in the midst of it. He's like a husband. He's like a kinsman redeemer. He's ransomed. He's paid the ransom. All you do is receive it and then live in the reality of it. Bow your heads. I want to pray for you. First, I want to pray for those in the room. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. And you, may, you might not even know that you needed to be rescued. But the thing that we've lost is his presence. That's what he wants to restore. What was lost was his presence. He wants to give you his presence back into your life. But you must want it. Accept it and repent of your brokenness and your sin. And then you're going to receive a life. And you'll be able to honor him, not to earn it. You'll be empowered by his Holy Spirit. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. Or maybe you're here and you're like Gomer. You've been in a relationship with the Lord, but you're back in the house of the rising sun. You're back into the spiritual prostitution. You've been prostituting yourself against the things of God. And he's... You can hear Hosea. You can hear the Lord saying, come back home. If either one of those are you, I want to pray for you. And I'm going to count to three, and I want you to lift your hands. One, two, three. Quickly lift your hands. Many hands. Go ahead. Keep them up. I say, keep them up. Many hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You put your hands down. Let's, let's all pray this together. Jesus thank you for your love. I ask to redeem me, save me, restore me. I repent of my sin. I give my brokenness to you. And I ask you to make me a new person. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to pray for one more group of people. If you're here today, you're not on your way to hell. You, you've been serving the Lord, but you've, you've lost your first love. You've forgotten that you're loved. I just want to pray for you to just step back into his redeeming love. And if that's you, just lift your hands as a posture of receiving. Father, for those in the room, I pray, Holy Spirit, fill your bride with love. Alter our lives through this love. Thank you for not requiring us to earn this. Thank you for not requiring us to go to our own cross and pay our own penny. Thank you for ransoming us. Father, I pray because we've been bought, we will honor you. Because you spent your blood for us, we will honor God. I pray, Father, that we would not do this in our own strength, but we would do this under the inspiration and the power of your Holy Spirit. We've been bought by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed. And we will live celebrating this redemption. In Jesus' name.